we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. I'm your host, I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And I'm Willow Truman. Willow, you know, if there's one thing that's universally true about humans, I think it's that we all have our own unique ways of unhealthily coping with negative emotions. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Some people eat their feelings. Some drink. Some, like your boy, gamble on the stock market. Yeah. Moon and Gemini in the second half. You have mentioned before to me that you're like Achilles heel. You like gambling. I fucking love gambling. Yeah. I'm not good at it either. <laughs> even more dangerous. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't even care. Every, yeah. <laughs> I don't even care. Everything is stupid and spending too much money to trigger floods of specific neurotransmitters is something we all do. It's true. I was, I, I had written, don't look at me like that, but you agreed, so. No, it's, it's, you got it's true. things. It's like, true. Yeah. Yeah. We all got our things. There are, there are things. Anyway, I spent most of the first year or two of the pandemic, uh, you know, that thing that like the memory of which we're going to collectively repress while we wonder why everyone has gone fucking insane. Um, I spent it on my favorite place on the Internet, reddit.com slash r slash Wall Street Bets. Oh, yes. Or at least it was my favorite place on the Internet. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it, it had a big moment in 2020. That's for sure. Yeah, I fucking hate that big moment. <laughs> but but that's what we're talking about. Not really. Oh, OK. No, that's what killed it, man. That destroyed that destroyed my baby. Yeah. Ah, but it was the, you know, the market conditions of the pandemic, unbridled and unrestrained corporate greed and the knowledge that reality itself was fraying at the seams. It synergized too well with Wall Street bets. Too much of a good thing. Burnout. I mean, dude, no one was ever supposed to know. <laughs> no one was ever supposed to know. And if you don't know, what is Wall Street? It's a, a Reddit forum that is... Oh, it's it's a stock trading forum full of the most worst degenerate gamblers you will ever see. Mm -hmm. At least it used to be true degenerate gamblers. Now it's like fucking children and shit. It's probably a lot of people that have never even like yeah. used the stock market. Right. Back in the day, people knew what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. They were just sick, sick people mm -hmm. and nihilist and honest. It got turned into a fucking, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> But once, dear listener, once there was something beautiful, and I mean that in the same way that like a bleached skeleton of a buffalo in a sulfur spring is beautiful. It was pure and perfect and honest. Oh. And it was fucking stupid. Truly, truly stupid. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Just like any good subreddit. Yeah. No, this is a particular kind of stupid. Mm -hmm. Special type of stupid. A special type of stupid. Yes. Now, those of you without, uh, let's say, albatrosses around your fucking necks. If you know about Wall Street Bets, you know about it from the GameStop saga. Yes, yes, that was absurd. And it completely ruined what was once something so rare on the internet. Something honest. Mm. But before the GameStop saga and the apes and the critical mass, there was so much more. And that's what we're going to talk about today. An ode to Wall Street Bets. Wow. Where fortunes were made and lost. Where lives were changed for good or ill. Where we all understood that this whole thing is fucked, but it's not doomed. Where the dumbest possible outcome was not only possible, but expected. 
where all the fake trappings of respectability that the shitheads on CNBC and all that hide behind was stripped away to show the true coke-fueled cynical heart of the American dream. Yeah, it works until it doesn't, and the first one's free. Wow. Beautiful. (laughs) Just beautiful, Sequoia. It is, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. No, because it... It also speaks to the nature of Reddit itself, right? Because it sure. takes place on Reddit. Yes. And how many people make, you know, anonymous accounts and go to Reddit to seek guidance about hmm. just like the most serious shit yeah. in their lives. And it's like, whoa, you have nobody else to go to but the Internet. Right. But so many people do. And that's kind of what Reddit is a receptacle for. Right. It's a lot of people like people that actively use Reddit, I feel usually don't actively use other social media as much when people use reddit it kind of is like their social media of choice not always but often for active reddit users see and it has a different feel than other social medias sure um yeah i will say i feel like it's only coincidence that wall street bets was on reddit yeah i mean it couldn't be anywhere else it couldn't be be anywhere else but the very different culture than regular Reddit. Yes. No, it's very, it's so interesting how different subreddits form their own yeah. little micro cultures. Yeah. So I'm, it's exciting that we're looking into this one. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, but it's, I think it also speaks to, there's something larger at work there too, you know? Right. Like the whole game stonk saga, all yeah. of that shit, it wouldn't have happened without this communal effort. Like it was very much a community activity, people collaborating and interacting with See, one another. Okay, that was Reddit. Yeah. That's when Reddit killed Wall Street Bets. Mm-hmm. I think is what is what happened. Because like the, everything you just talked about, like people going well, it reached somewhere. critical mass. Right. There's too many people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a point where, where the shit goes overboard. There's just too many people. The The soup, it has too many ingredients in it. Don't taste good anymore. The fucking high school kids showed up at the party and now you got to lock shit down because the cops are coming and it's all fucked exactly. up. Yeah. yeah. But okay. Beyond social dynamics, there's also the money. Uh-huh. The money. And there is money, a- Money, 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 I've said this a few times. Money. There's a level of comedy in the financial world. Mm-hmm. That is utterly unmatched in any other domain. I swear to God. And I think it comes from two things. First is actual stakes, right? And then two, like the inherent hilarity of trying to get rich off a mattress company during a global pandemic. Yeah. That's fucking funny. It's very fun. Money itself is like fun. Right. The idea yeah. of it, because it's so abstract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we just assign value to it. And the only reason why it has value is because we all like agree yeah. that it does. Yeah, and, and it's just part of the social contract now. It's part of everything now. Yeah, but it's so abstract, and like it, it could crumble apart so easily. There's so many loopholes. Listen, this is my off week, the week to just get something out. Yep, you know, quick and easy. Because I'm working on fucking episode 100 next week and all this shit. Had it not been my off week, oh, we'd be doing a lot of talking about money as an occult system. Money as a magical system, because that is, uh, I'd like to write a thesis on that. But it's an off week. It's an off week. We'll get there someday. Today, we're going to look at a few Wall Street bets heroes or losers, depending on your persuasion. And we're going to look at some, we're going to see what, how different is this from the regular market? Right. Yeah. yeah, We're going to look at that. Or is this just like a microcosm that 
that reflects that is that because it's obscene mm-hmm. is easily painted as uh, something other. Right. Yeah. I think but I just actually, gave away what I'm doing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we go any further, let's pull a tarot card, see what it has to say about old Wall Street bets. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh, that's fun. That's cute. <laughs> we definitely turned that off. We definitely did. We definitely did. We made a point to turn off the fan before we started recording. It just turned itself on. It sure did. It doesn't have a sleep functioner? Or is it a clock? Is it supposed to turn no. on? No. Nope. Oh, that's real weird. It is. We also lost an ice cream drumstick earlier. <laughs> we did. Completely gone. I opened up a box of four ice cream drumsticks. They all fell to the ground. I could only find three. Me and Sequoia searched the laundry room for this stray drumstick. Yeah. Couldn't be found. It's gone. This also happened to me with a bag of shrimp in the very same room. Fucking very hilarious. And then the bag of shrimp turned up. Weeks late, <laughs> leaking all over the ground in the middle of the laundry room. What the fuck? <clears throat> I had done so many loads of laundry since then. That wasn't there. <sighs> Suspicious. Very. Weird shit about. Weird shit about. <laughs> Three of discs. Okay. I like this. Works. Uh, it's a card of collaboration. Yeah. And effort. Mars and Capricorn, which... That's your boy. That's very wholesome, honestly. (laughs) I like this. I do too. Teamwork. Teamwork. It makes the dream work. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's that's fucking great. (laughs) Okay. The Trinity. So we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Get me out of this. <laughs> so I, I realized I didn't, I sort of just assumed that everyone kind of knew what Wall Street Bets is. Oh, they surely don't. Wall Street Bets is a forum. It's a stock trading forum, but it is known for degenerate gambling. High risk, 
high fucking reward, usually no reward. I mean, you've got people blowing their fucking life savings on the dumbest shit yep. you could possibly imagine. It used to be that these guys knew what they were doing. Yep. They knew exactly what the fuck they were doing when they did that. It's not good, but it's fine. Um, I mean, man, there is a there is one that we're not going to get to. This dumb bastard. He fucking felt bad for his mom and the condition she was living on her pension and stuff. And her savings. Oh, I don't like where this is going. But you know exactly where it's going. <laughs> yeah. Had a brilliant idea to, uh, without her knowing, take that $100,000 she had in the bank, fucking blow it all in a week, gone, zeroed out. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. This financial literacy is so important. Nothing. None of that would help this man. God. That is that is sickness, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really a lack of consideration for the future. Now, on Wall Street Bets, everyone will tell him, that's the dumbest shit. What the fuck are you doing? There is something wrong with you. Get help. Oh, but then they'll turn around and, and do the same thing. Well, some of them will. The other ones will be like, wow, that's yeah. the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like, m- many of them are very smart and very... but Absolutely. You know. It's the internet. There's a mix. But it's also, it's not encouraged to gamble your mother's savings. God, with no. your own money, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, if you're going to gamble, use your own money, maybe. But that's... Also, don't do this shit. Yeah. Just don't. Do not do this well, shit. I think people justify it because they don't see it as gambling. It's investing. Well, that, okay, but here's the thing. Wall Street Bets is very honest. It's fucking gambling. Well, bets. It's in the name. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's not investing, in fact. See, okay, so there's a few things we got to understand before we go in. Okay. First is options, stock options. Stock options. Because this is Wall Street Bet's bread and butter. Fuck stocks. Options, baby. What the fuck is a stock option? It's complicated and giving you the real definition would only confuse you if you don't know what it is. So can you connect it at all to the definition of the word option itself? I can and I will. Excellent. I think that's probably the easiest way. Well, the easiest way is to say that options are something called derivatives. Meaning they're a contract that is derived from the price of a stock. So you can have options on Apple, right? And what those options do, it's a thing you can buy, you know, and the price of that will be derived from the price of the stock. Okay. And it's when you different hear, from a stock. So you can buy stock in something. Yep. And you can also... Buy options. Buy options. Yeah. And they're different. Yep. So options give you options with the stock, right? So... Say you have a ticker like Apple, right? Apple has shares and you can buy options on the shares. What they are is a contract to either buy or sell 100 shares of Apple at a specific price. And you choose what price you're looking at and shit um, if certain conditions are met. It's a contract between two parties. So someone has to write the contract, someone has to buy the contract. The person who buys the contract can then sell that contract to another person and so on and so okay, on. Okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Well, what are, what, what are you confused about? I, I just need... Okay, so I have stock. Let me right? first say you don't need to understand entirely what they are. To no, understand but I want to know, like, if so, say I want you to explain it in terms to me of how I would do it if I was to do it, like what that means. Okay, so say uh, Apple's trading at just for shits and giggles, a hundred dollars a share. Okay, right? You go into the old options tab on Robinhood, mm-hmm. and uh, if you're like, and Robin Hood will help you out. They're like, do you think it's going up or do you think it's going down? Okay. And you go, well, I think it's going up. So then it sends you to buy the call options. Okay. Versus the put options. 
So if you call, you think it's going to go up. Yeah. If you put, you think it's going to go down. And those words have something to do with the mechanics of how those derivatives work, how those options actually work in the what a broker would have to do back in the day when he had to do shit on the phone. Right? It makes sense to me. In my head, I I come up with the phrases, you know, yep. like you're calling it in, like you're calling the That's cattle exactly in. what it is. Like come to me. That's exactly or what it is. Or you're putting it down. Put you're that, putting it on put someone that else. fucking lame horse down. That is not earning us any money anymore. You're putting it on someone else. Putting it down. Calling it to yourself or putting it. Call it in, put it yeah. down. Yeah, it's exactly it. Yeah. A call option allows you to buy 100 shares of a stock at a specific price, Okay, which is called the strike price. So if if Apple's at 100, you're like, man, this fucker's going to the moon. It's going to 200. You might buy a call option at 150. Okay. And that's your strike price. That'll give you the option to buy 100 shares of Apple at $150 a share at some point in the future, because you think it's going way higher than that, right? Uh Or you could buy one at 100, or you could buy one even lower, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Put is the same thing, except the opposite. It gives you the right to sell 100 shares of a stock at a specific price. Okay. The strike price. And these are used in investing. It's a There's a book that's called like, uh, Options as a Strategic Investing um, Tool or something like that, or strategy. Uh, that's like the, the book on it. Um, it's used like when you have a bunch of stuff and you're trying to like buy and you basically insure your stock. So if the market crashes, like you get profit like you 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 set a floor you can cap your profit but like make sure you don't lose everything with options you know they give you options with your stock right okay but starting to understand yeah there are way that smart people investing people can do things to make it more to just give themselves well, more I like options that, that right? you used apple as an example because right, you yeah, know yeah. that i have apples so. i know yeah and like i am not so like, okay, so say you have a bunch of Apple stock and you're like, man, this whole economy could fucking go to hell, right? Yeah. You could buy a bunch of put options on your shit to just give you the right to like sell at a price that you think it might crash. Like if it goes to fucking $1 a share, you might be holding a bunch of $90 put options. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, that yeah, yeah. way when you sell it, you're not- You're getting it a $90 a share, not a, not $1 a share. Exactly. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you don't have those shares, if you're not an investor, you're just some fucking asshole, you can just buy those contracts. Mm-hmm. And because one option represents 100 shares, and they're much cheaper than 100 shares, gives you something called leverage, where you can- You know how a lever works? Yes. Use a little bit of force to move something you couldn't otherwise do? Mm-hmm. Leverage and money is the same way. Yep. I could never afford a hundred shares of Apple and and shit, but I could buy an option for, you know, say a hundred bucks instead of Uh $10,000. That'll give me the same price, uh, you know, gain and loss. It'll give me exposure to the price movements Mm -hmm. much greater than what I paid for it. Okay. Right. What does that mean? So say I pay a hundred dollars for one option on Apple, right? Apple goes up fucking $1, right? It goes up 1%. That option, assuming it's, you know, around that price or whatever, that option will go up way more than $1, mm-hmm. right? You know, I could end up doubling my money with that. Like I get exposed to, if I had just had, if I spent that money on shares of Apple, mm-hmm. bought one share for $100 or so, I'd get $1 in in gain. Gains, okay. Right? If I had an option, I'd get much more than that. Okay. Or I could lose much more than that. Yeah. That's where derivative comes from. It's derived from the price, but it represents more yeah all right it's where that fucking real occult like alchemy shit comes in yeah yeah because as you know 
in my own personal life, and it's interesting that we did this episode on this day because today in particular, I've been having a lot of discussions and just thinking a lot about financial yeah. literacy, like being in the know about money. This will not get you financially literate. What I'm saying right no. now will not do that. But it is a story about money. Yeah. It's not so much a story as me talking about gambling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. And uh, it's also like, uh, you know, there's some there's some financial issues coming up that like real sh- Wall Street bets might get fun again real quick. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. And it's a talk about like the market, yeah. you know, as a as a beast. As It's a as god, a dude. It is a god. It is. Yeah. It is. And Wall Street bets is like an utter on the It's god. a dark like, cult <laughs> to that god. It's the fucking yeah. cult of Cthulhu, you know? Right. Uh yeah. And so yeah, so options allow you to bet on both up and down. And there's another thing. The nature of options allows you to create complicated groups of options called spreads that will do things like make you profit if the price of a stock stays within a certain range. Shit like that. Okay. You can be both the buyer and the seller. And there's different things with all that. Like usually the big boys are the sellers, but like you could do that too if you had the collateral. Now, there's a caveat. You think like, oh, well, why wouldn't I just always buy options if they, you know, if I know something, the stocks only go up. Why wouldn't I, you know, it could go down, but I could just keep holding. Well, there's a little thing. There's a caveat How with options. How long can you hold? They expire. Options expire. Yeah. Uh, and on a certain date, and if you're holding that bag and you weren't right with your bet, that shit expires worthless. Can you like cancel it? You could sell it. Okay. But, you know, you might have paid $500 for it and you might oh. be. Okay. Yeah. And then you might have to sell it for $11. Right. $7. Yeah. This happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And even if like. Because people are wrong often. Yeah. And also options are super complicated. There's not only the time thing and also they also decay in price as it gets close to the expiration mm. because there's less of a chance of it doing the thing that you paid the premium for. Right. Like if you bought yeah. a fucking option, that's the, you said, need a 10 percent increase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to do this thing in three months. Right. And then the time gets closer and closer and closer. There's less of a chance of it going up 10 percent. Right. Right. Yeah. Also, if a stock's moving around a bunch like but swinging wildly, options are going to be more expensive on that because it's just doing more shit, right? There's more uncertainty. Right. Right? So if a stock's doing a bunch of crazy shit and you buy an option and then that stock stops moving around a bit, mm-hmm. the option gets cheaper. You lose money because yeah. it is, again, about what someone else is willing to pay for it, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's called implied volatility and that'll fuck you over too. Yeah. Basically, options can make you a lot of money. It's way easier to lose your whole entire ass with stock options. Yeah. And uh, I haven't fucked around with them. Don't. Fucking don't. Honestly, after hearing you explain all of them and thinking about all the other shit I have going on in my life, I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, no. No, because you know what? I've I've had stocks and I have not touched them. Right. I've had them for about don't. 10 years. Guess what? Gone way up. You Just could. Don't touch that shit. You could go bankrupt in an afternoon. I could. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. What they will allow you to do. Absolutely. You can quite literally ruin your fucking life in an hour mm-hmm. on Robin Hood. <laughs> it's a fucking nuts. And people do. And they do all the fucking time. Yeah. Without any, it's not easy to trade options either. And there's no undo button on life. No, there really isn't. And with options, you have to not only be right about the direction something will move. Mm-hmm. You have to be right about how much it will move and when. And there's a whole bunch more of goddamn Greek letters besides implied volatility. There's all this shit, theta, delta, gamma, bit. You're like, God. yeah, all you need to know is it's going to fuck you over. 
And if you have the right type of brain, sure is fun. Well, I would say it's the greatest game in the world. There's something intoxicating about thinking that you can predict the future. Because you can. Sometimes. You can read financial documents. You can do mm-hmm. research. You can find out who knows who and who's been reached. Like you can you fucking can make do it. predictions. You can yeah. You can make very educated. I mean, you can fucking nail things. Yeah. You know. But yes, this is gambling. Yes, it is. There are sensible ways to use options. Fuck that though. That shit's for nerds. <laughs> nerds without Adderall. Oh God. And for a long time, retail traders weren't buying options. Too expensive with the commissions and the inability to stare at a screen all day. If you have to call your broker, if you have to do it from dial-up internet because it's 1998, you're not buying options that expire in 10 fucking minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robinhood changed all that. The trading app. Commission-free and giving out options to any dumb motherfucker who wants them. Because they will. Yeah. You just go get. Oh, and they'll even give you like, oh, we'll give you free money. Your first shares are on us. Like, here's a hundred dollars to do whatever you want with. Like, right. Don't do that. Something Uh, like that. They do some shit like that. Yeah. But like, dude, they like fucking, I don't make enough or I didn't deposit enough money for TD Ameritrade to want to give me options trading. (laughs) Though like I, it nailed all the fucking questions. Like, yeah, it's not something that brokerages like kind of like to do. Mm hmm. Robin Hood doesn't give a fuck. Of course not. They don't give a fuck. No. It's get anyone crazy. in here. Come yeah, on in. Dude. Give us your bank account information. Like this is, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to say it's not something that you should be, a, there should be a happy medium. You know what I mean? Yeah. There should, should be a little happy medium. Or, or at least Rob, just take the fucking balloons and confetti away from the options. And That's actually all I'm asking. Like the fact that it's called Robin Hood it's, too. Is just especially evil. Darkly hilarious. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's darkly hilarious. Yeah. So this is the uh, shit soup that Wall Street Street bets began to thrive in. It existed before, but when Robin Hood gave options to the people, oh boy. Yet this whole thing isn't entirely unprecedented. Mm -hmm. See, back in the day, like turn of the 20th century type deal, there used to be these things called bucket shops. Bucket shops were fun. See- Back then you had- Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. See, back then you had to buy stocks in lots of 100 shares. Okay. You couldn't just buy one or two, you know, you had to buy blocks. Yeah. People didn't have that fuck, much fucking money, so they went to the bucket shop. The bucket shop was a gambling parlor. Uh, they had a ticker tape and a chalkboard, and they'd loan you money to buy that 100 shares. This is a practice called margin lending. Mm-hmm. We'll be bringing that up later. Margin is when a broker lends you money to leverage your shit. Leverage, as we said, means putting more oomph behind it. As long as you're as long as you're profitable, they don't give a shit. But if you lose, well, say you dropped going back to the hundred dollar Apple shares, right? So you had to pay a hundred dollars for well, let's just say you had to pay a hundred dollars for a hundred shares of Apple stock because back then computers didn't exist and they were one dollar a share. Yeah. You following me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you only got twenty bucks, right? So the bucket shop or Robin Hood loans you the eighty dollars you need, right? Yeah. To make it a cool 100. So you put it up at, you're an idiot. So the trade goes bad. And let's say it goes 20% bad. The loans, man. Yeah. Now, if it was all your money and you were investing, ew, <laughs> you could probably be just, you could just hold forever, right? It goes, drops 20 bucks. Oh, whatever. I'll just wait to sell. Yeah. Because right? stocks only go up. On the long-term scale, stocks do only go up. You'd mm-hmm. probably be fine. Maybe. However, the broker or bank or whoever's doing the lending isn't going to let your boneheaded ass lose them money. So once that trade goes bad to the point where it's cutting into the $80 they loaned you, yeah, they close the position and you're fucked. You're out the 20 bucks you had. That's it. Right? This is gambling. Again. And these bucket shops were in every fucking city 
like multiple of them, motherfuckers would just go in there and gamble with margin on the stock market, right? It was just a gambling parlor. Yeah. A hundred years later, we got Robin Hood. Yep. It's the same thing. Now, on any given day, you might still see some of the dumbest, most smooth brain maneuvers around. <laughs> uh, someone's dumb idea and a whole host in biblical sense of broken people. Like on Wall Street bets, yeah. you mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, Broken men, mostly, cheering them on. A rundown of the highlights will never, ever give you a real sense of what this place is like. You know, you'll never know you slash Tren and options who loves two things in life. Tren, the steroid, <gasps> and being a cuck. Oh, God. Like, that's his literal fetish. And he's just in the goddamn daily discussion thread every day talking well, about how much he loves it. so fucking horny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the feller if, who, if I'm remembering correctly, has metal teeth and is actually probably incredibly rich who likes to say uh, fist on chest, no fear a whole lot for a whole lot of reasons. These are just characters Fist you'll run into. No fear. Yeah, like you just see these fucking people in the daily discussion thread on Wall Street Bets every day. Yeah. Right? They're just in there because it's what they're doing. Fucking Martin Screlly, the farmer bro whom the uh, real billionaire villains vilified for doing the same shit they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a mod of Wall Street Bets and he gave out incredibly useful trading lessons. Still a piece of shit, but we do contain multitudes. Oh, yes. Smart piece of shit, but he got caught. Have you- uh, over. I love that article where that lady talks about how she like fell. Dude, with yeah, him. I was, was going to bring oh, that up. Oh my Fucking god! Insane, what an idiot! <laughs> I mean, he's a uh, lady. Oh, she, he played her like a fiddle. That dude is deserving of a of of uh, a look into. He's an interesting character. I can't wait for his biopic where he's played by Ashton Kutcher. Or something. See, the thing is. No, I hate, who will he be played by? I hate shitting on him. You know yeah. why? He's a piece of shit. But I hate shitting on him because he literally pissed off the wrong people and that's why he got got for doing the same shit that they're all doing that they're all doing and they're They're all doing worse than he did too yeah yeah this will be a running theme and you know there was uh that feller who would place bets based on which side of the fence his dog pissed on and that feller with the gecko named gordon gecko who placed bets based on whether uh his gecko ate breakfast or not Mm -hmm. you know and one thing that always that was always fascinating to me was seeing the genuine moments of solidarity in like the after hours threads or the weekend threads. Yeah. People with nowhere else to go asking for advice and receiving very crude and offensive, but truly genuine advice in return. It's something I've never seen anywhere else on Reddit or anywhere else on the internet. Like real vulnerability. Oh, I have. Where? On Reddit. There's this one subreddit, Shrug Life Syndicate. Oh, yeah. There's some a lot of real raw vulnerability and weirdness. I there. feel like that's a lot of people that are make a practice of being real weird and vulnerable. Yeah, that's basically what it exists for. Right. So yeah. this is this is more of like it's coming out within a system where it wouldn't be really expected. Right. But because of the high emotions, because everyone's been Less through money. something together. Yeah. Right. They've all been through something together. Yep. And so someone can just drop a fucking man. I don't know what to do about all this. And someone will give real good advice. I, someone with OCD posted in there once. I turned them on to Knack, right? He messaged me out of the blue some months later saying it had changed his life completely and asked if he could send me some Bitcoin or Ethereum. I said no. And that was very dumb of me. Should have said yes. I should have said yes. But why'd you say no? No, I didn't feel right. I was trying to help a dude out. Hey, he wanted to help you out too. Yeah. I sh- don't make me feel any stupider than I already do. No, don't feel stupid. But next time, next take time. the opportunity. Oh, yeah, Someone for sure. wants to help you out. Yeah. Join scratch our Patreon. Back and you scratch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, I've shilled our show in there many a time. Yep. So, like, if you happened upon a Nonsense Bazaar recommendation, and I know there's at least one motherfucker out there who did for sure. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Sorry. But I got your ass, though, didn't I? Yep. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> 
some of the DD or due diligence posts are the funniest shit. Like due diligence, due diligence. Someone researching a company, coming up with a play, and like presenting oh, it to the masses. Oh yes, the people that have their grand plan and are like, guys, right? I figured it out. Right, right. Yes. Oh, I love that. One time out of ten, they do, and it mm-hmm. makes everyone a lot of money. Every now and then. But like, there'll be like eight pages with graphs and charts showing why this thing that is certainly going to make me a millionaire will certainly happen. Only to have like the top comment explain how they completely misunderstood like a fundamental rule of the markets and shit. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some were tremendous though. And they became actual plays that people actually made a fuck ton of money off of. And whether you made a life-changing, wife-changing, or lost your kid's college fund, uh, you were required to post the gain or loss porn for a congratulations and fuck you or for everyone to laugh at because at the end of the day, everyone in there is already teetering on nihilism. And that's where the funny comes from. Yeah. Like if you lose your life savings, you can't just curl up in a ball and like wail to yourself. Right. Go post that shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like have some levity about it. Like you need to share it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> like, and there'll be people in there and be like, yeah. oh, I did that fucking shit too. Yeah. Because <laughs> guess what? There are a lot of other people that did that shit. Yeah. And the thing is that every, and the, the thing is and the problem is that everyone who's ever gotten good at trading. Yep has gone bankrupt. Yeah. You know, like they've they've lost everything and then got back on the horse and did it. Some people never actually end up doing it and kind of just spiral into destruction mm-hmm. because they can't admit that it's not for them. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's fascinating. A lot of people whole... fail a lot of times before they succeed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fascinating. Like there's, um, there's a series of books called like Market Wizards books and stuff and it's interviews with traders of different styles and shit and in different... You know, oh, here's professionals, here's amateurs in this book, you know, and it's just an interview, like get into the psychology of how that every person is fucking different there. It shows you there's no fucking science to it. It's just they have a fucking a thing. Yeah. A way they can tell things, a, a thing they do that they know they can do. And that's fine. And it's very idiosyncratic with every successful one, which is another part of the fascinating pull. Mm-hmm. Right. Like in order to do it well, you do have to master yourself. Yep. Understand what you're good at, what yes. you're bad at, right? And especially being especially what you're bad at, especially what you're bad at. Yeah. And then be willing to risk yourself, risk risk your your quality of life, your time, essentially, mm-hmm. on your how well you've mastered yourself and what you think you know. Yep. There's um there's something real compelling about that. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And perhaps, dear listener, you're horrified at that. Welcome yeah. to the Nonsense Bazaar. <laughs> Comedy Uber Alice. <laughs> I'm also in a particularly dark mood writing this, which is fitting. But <laughs> really, you're not going to understand unless you were there. What I bet you can understand, though. Hmm. I don't know if this guy's doing a bit or not. No idea whether this is real, but the fact that I'm unsure should say something. All right. Willow, will you please read this post that was on Wall Street Bets? All right, cool. Maybe I'll get a feel. I am financially ruined parentheses, agricultural futures. I've lost everything. Not sure how to continue. This summer, I invested 17500 six-month salary in my entire life savings into ornamental gourd futures. <laughs> Hoping to capitalize on this lucrative emerging industry after watching a video about Vincent Kosuga and his monopoly on onions, I decided I'd try something similar with another vegetable. I... Did some research and found out many agricultural forecasters expected this year's gourd yield would be far smaller than the past due to deteriorating soil conditions in central Mexico and a warmer than average spring. 
At first, demand soared around Halloween and prices skyrocketed, but the gourd bubble burst (laughs) on November 12th. Unfortunately, the coronavirus caused a massive drop-off in demand due to fewer families decorating their tables for Thanksgiving. Prices plummeted. I had invested early enough that I thought I would still be fine, but then... On the morning of December 2nd, a new email in my inbox caused my stomach to turn into a pretzel. The massive gourd shipment from Argentina, scheduled for early March, had arrived. I was planning on selling off my futures right before this in February, but this ruined everything. To top it off, the gourds in the shipment were absolutely gargantuan, some topping four pounds each, causing the price per pound to drop like an anchor into the range of six cents per pound. I am ruined. I'm about 100% sure this is a bit. I don't think it is. It might not be. It might not be, though. It's the fact that he implies that he got a huge shipment of gourds to his house. He did. But this dude was also talking about this maneuver for weeks beforehand uh, on the forum. He was. He thought about this. He thought that this was brilliant. Like, he, he really... I can tell. This is someone that thought that they had... The grand plan. I I feel like it's a bit, but I don't know. But this would be, I don't know, but like it feels real because this is the shit. When people think that they figured it out, they really think that they, and then they fuck up. I mean, and futures are hilarious too, because like you can fuck up and just get like a ton of oil, like delivered to your place of business and shit. So by the way, word of wisdom, if you ever think you have it all figured out, you don't, you don't, you fucking don't, you're just no, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. You're in the wrong place. if, If you're thinking that stop thinking that you don't. Yep. Now this man has a, a after this post, um, the auto mod on Wall Street Bets was changed. So whenever someone said they blew up their account or lost everything, the auto mod would just reply with, oh, my gourd. <laughs> oh. oh, this man. He just cemented himself into Wall oh, Street yeah. Bets like meme. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's yeah. a legend, a Wall Street Bets legend. Unfortunately, so many of the um, comments and shit don't play well on radio, especially when you're not trying to get your uh, career ruined. <laughs> There's a lot of just words that you just... Just, Might as well bet on not saying. Yep. And a lot of the memes are visual, it being a website after all. This is true. You know, so that's it. I'm still going to say, you know, that that one could be a bit, but... uh, It very well could be. But this one ain't. Oh, boy. Let me introduce you to a man named Anal Farmer 2. Anal Farmer 2. See, I saw this. Like, <laughs> I'm looking at your script. Yeah. You know, I don't really glance at it too often because I like to be surprised and I like yeah, yeah. conversation flow naturally. A word like anal farmer pops out at you. I can't ignore it. No. Anal farmer too. I love it. This dude is a jackass and I'm pissed about all of it. <laughs> dude is a 19 year old college student. Right. His first year on Wall Street Bets included posts like, should I just delete Robin Hood? Mm. That year, he made a profit of $5,500. So better than me. <laughs> Not bad. He dips for a while, but resurfaces to become a legend. He manages to get his account funded with $100,000 with the explanation. Online biz and margin, baby. Ooh, okay, farmer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Well, his ass YOLOs, uh, that's a you only live once. YOLOs means you fucking just every last red cent you have into something stupid. So it's like Jeopardy when you're doing like your... Your final Jeopardy, like, yeah. how much would you like to bet? I mean, a YOLO is fucking get rich or die trying. Yeah. It either works spectacularly or you're done. I'm going to fucking bet all of it. Yeah. Yeah. All in on something that has an outsized chance of losing. But like, hey, if it works, I'm rich. Yeah. He fucking YOLOs into some company called Align Technologies. No idea what they do. I have, I have no fucking clue. So before their earnings, he, he throws everything in there and somehow he lucks out. 
Align announced a stock buyback program. Shit went to the moon. And he now had had over $350,000. Good fam. That's almost the beginning of the story. I don't, it's not going somewhere pretty, is it? Next, he decides since the market has gone up a bunch, it should probably go down. So he takes 200K and YOLOs that shit on a risky options bet against the S&P 500 with puts expiring the next day. He was going to lose his ass. Then the, uh, the Lenian chief at the time, Donald Trump, tweets about new tariffs on China and the market shits the bed. Anal Pharma 2 now has $700,000. Wow. There's a lot you can do with $700,000. Wow. Or $350,000 once the tax man gets done with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a lot that is much less risky. Mm-hmm. Much, much less risky. And it's still fun because, you know, a 1% gain is a lot easier to make than a 1,000% gain, right? Yeah. 1% of $700,000 is still $7,000. Mm-hmm. Money is magnetic and it attracts to itself, which is why inflationary currency is better option than deflationary currency. And the Federal Reserve is a better choice than the gold standard, but that's a whole different conversation. I swear to fucking God, I'm not a psyop. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. Uh, I'm willing to have the discussion, but yeah, I think I'm in that camp now. So Anal Farmer 2 has $700,000 and it could be real easy for him to do some shit like pay off school, you know, or get some passive income shit going, you buy some property or get on the sell side of option, all this shit that's way, way smarter than what he does. Yeah, he doesn't do those things, I bet. No, this motherfucker goes all in betting that the market will bounce. He yellows again. He goes all in on calls. Now he's at the point where like that, that buy shows up on people's radar. You know, that's gets huge. That's $700,000. Yeah. Now, in your day-to-day normal, normal, normal shit, stocks go up, stocks go down. Might be fairly reasonable. Might be time for a bounce. But when actual news like the president announcing new tariffs on China via fucking Twitter happens, it takes a couple days for things to adjust. The market is efficient and everything is priced in, except Donald Trump. That dude really is an agent of pure chaos. Yeah. Yeah, the market tanks again the next day. And Anal Farmer 2 goes from 700000 to 100000 Womp womp. <laughs> but all's not lost, right? He can still go home with his tail between his legs and have his $100,000 account. Fuck that. Anal Farmer does something, posts that doubling down was not a good idea, we don't know what he doubled down on, and goes to $40,000. This is all in the course of like two weeks or so. Now he's lost money. Is he done? Of course not. No. He goes to the last true refuge of the scoundrel, weed stocks, and makes an earnings bet on canopy growth. As any of everyone knew they would, they shit the bed. Anal Farmer 2 said, uh, quote, if my calls expire worthless, then they expire worth LMAO. <gasps> and presumably they did, and the boy lost everything, all of it, $100,000 on margin to 700000 to Sir? fucking zero in three weeks. Sir? Yeah. It didn't have to be this way. <laughs> it did, though. It truly did. For Anal Farmer 2, it did. It did. Yeah. Next up, control the narrative. This is another Reddit username. Yes. Yes, I like this username. Control the narrative was your average boy making misogynistic posts on Reddit in between debating the merits of socialism and capitalism. Which side did he fall on? Capitalism. Noted. Didn't like women either. Noted. When the boy gets on Robinhood, learns about options, and within weeks borrows on enormous amounts of money from Robinhood on margin. He yolos it, he loses, and he loses Robinhood's money too. So he's in debt for $30,000 instantly. (laughs) (laughs) Attaboy. What a narrative he's made. However... He goes on to make an even riskier bet that recoups his losses and leaves him not in debt to Robinhood. And that's when he discovers the infinite money cheat code. Ooh, like on Sims, where mm-hmm. you put in Motherload and you just get money, money. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The infinite money cheat code was Robinhood glitch. Basically, you need at least 
$2,000 to get margin lending on Robinhood. Mm. You have to have an account worth two grand to get them to lend you money. And when you borrow on margin, you have to have collateral. You have to borrow against what you already have so Robinhood doesn't lose, right? Remember how I said options have a buyer and a seller? Uh-huh. Oh, I tried to explain selling options and shit. Yeah, don't worry about like the mechanics of that. <laughs> so yeah, you you sell, you get the money for selling it. You'd have to like buy, you get the profit immediately. You might have to buy back the option later. It's all fucking thing. Don't worry about it. But he sells these options that are still fucking risky, but you get the account, you get the money immediately. Now this increases your account's value. And because Robinhood is run by a bunch of coked out chimpanzees, uh, you can then use that new higher account value to get more margin. Okay. Do you see what's going on there? So you sell an option to someone who's trying to get, you sell an option, you write the thing and shit, you get paid. Now you might have to buy that shit back. Yeah. You know, before it expires and you have to like come up with a whole bunch of fucking money Mm -hmm. because you just agreed to like sell a bunch of shares that you probably don't have. Right. Okay. So that's got to shake out somehow, but you get the profit that's not actually, that's not realized immediately. Now your account value is bigger. So now Robinhood will allow you to get more money on margin. Mm -hmm. So you get that margin, you sell more options, get more profit, your account's bigger, you get more margin, you sell more options, your account's bigger, you get more. Yes. (laughs) Infinite money cheat code. Right. That's not supposed to happen at all. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, I put a picture in here. It's a, a comment from Control the Narrative. Ooh. Would, um, would you like me to read it? I would like you to read it. With Robinhood Gold, you can use what's called margin to trade with increased buying power. <laughs> so I did an instant deposit of $2,000, the minimum required to access gold trading. Then I bought 100 shares of AMD. For 3800 or so with margin. Then I sold an AMD call contract with a $2 price strike to get almost all my money back. It's important to find a stock that has call options with such low price strikes like 4G, etc. Then I used that money to buy 200 shares of AMD because remember, margin doubles my buying power. Then I sell two call contracts with the same $2 strike price to get almost all my money back, which is then doubled again thanks to Robin Hood's margin. I repeat this until I am sufficiently leveraged for my personal risk tolerance. Right now I'm at 25 times leverage because I had $2,000 in instant deposits. I then use my increased buying power to maximize my gains. Holy fuck! (laughs) Infinite money cheat code. Infinite money cheat code. This motherfucker is playing with a $50,000 account with 2000 because he fucking broke Robin Hood. Or because Robin Hood is a bunch of coked out chimpanzees, they broke themselves. Yeah. So this, this dumb motherfucker made a $50,000 bet against Apple for their earnings. Uh, only 2000 of which was actually his. And then filmed himself at Market Open when he instantly went $40,000 into debt to Robin Hood. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't say much, but he makes a sound that is now synonymous with a man destroying his financial future for no good reason. Can we, are we about to hear the sound? Yeah. Oh God. (laughs) It's now known as guh, but it's not, that's not the actual sound. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I shouldn't have taken a sip of water right before that happened. (laughs) He's like recording his screen. One more time, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's recording his Robinhood account screen. You see it goes from $57,000 to negative $2,000 instantly. (laughs) Fuck. 
that's I literally said right before we started recording. Sometimes I feel like I'm behind in life. And then I was like, wait, I don't have any debt. Right. Yeah. No, dude. <laughs> and like you're in uh, you're in debt for that. Yeah. 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 You owe that to Robin Hood. Lord. Yeah. Let's hear it again. <laughs> just the sound of a man realizing his own fuck up just the consequences of your own action one more time please oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh oh fuck. attaboy wow <laughs> now you know Control the narrative. He, he lost. He had so many opportunities to get out so good. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Well, he, you know. I mean, even so. He wasn't the 700. He wasn't the $700,000 guy. Yeah. Different guy. Yeah. There was no. Once he started, there was no getting out. You can't just take Robin Hood's money and leave. He infinite moneyed up and then made one bet and fucking lost. Like, so what was his plan? Like, what was his long-term plan? Well, like, so you, what, he had... Was um, there a way to get out and, and If he okay? won, yeah. If he won, yeah. <laughs> what his plan was, was that... Because he was using 25 times leverage, was his, quote, personal risk tolerance, which is the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. Your per, he even capitalized it in the comment. Personal risk tolerance. That's your personal risk tolerance, but... I mean, I guess so, because he only made the gust sound that he didn't... You know. Wait, no, it was much... I can't do it. It was a gulp. It was. He was like trying to. He knew he had to do something funny, and he fucked up, and he just made this weird gulping sound. <laughs> you know, one of the running darkest jokes on um, Wall Street bets is going long on rope. When you go long on a stock, it's you buy it and you're making yeah, profit in the yeah. long term. So when you lose everything, you go long rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a suicide joke. Oh, I get it. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's fucking dark. Oh, yeah. Huh. There is also always, like, resources. If you're struggling, you know, call us, all this shit. Like, they don't want to actually, it's, I don't give a fuck. It's fucking funny. Yeah. We've all been through shit, you know. <laughs> well, control the narrative. Pave the way for another dumb motherfucker to use the infinite money cheat code. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of people are using the infinite money cheat code. It was so, a thing. I have. Oh, what his plan was. Yeah. So his plan was to make much more than the. $48,000 that he borrowed from Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. He was planning to make, you know, a couple hundred thousand, pay back the 48000 and then the rest would be his profit. Because like I said, when I was talking about the bucket shops, they don't care that you have their money as long as you're profitable. That's yeah. all your profit. Mm-hmm. Can't take any from there, so. So, like, he could have gotten out if it had gone his way. Yeah. But it didn't. It probably wasn't gonna, because. Right. And there yeah. was no sure way to know that it would. No. Like he, it, it really the whole time is it's a gamble the whole way through. It's a complete gamble. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, there's is. there's so many reasons to not even fuck with like earnings calls and shit. Right. For, for tons of reasons. And so what I was thinking while you're talking about this is that the the type of people that do this, do you think that it's often people who know that if they fuck up they'll be okay anyway? No. I mean, often yes, because the, that's the only people that ever that usually get up end up interested in the market mm-hmm. itself. But I think that's the thing um, because I'm sure it does call to some people that lose it all. Well, cause lots of fucking poor people go to the goddamn casino. You know yep. what I mean? It just so happens that like, I, so I don't think that that has any bearing on it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's smarter to go to the stock market than the casino, but 
I, I think most of the people on here will probably would be fine, but it's only because they're the type of people that would be interested in finance. One of two ways. People who are willing to lose it all are either people that have nothing left to lose or know that they'll be okay anyway. And those are like two opposite ends. I mean, there is a story uh, that I didn't put in here, but it was about a, uh, this 20 something year old guy who was, uh, fucking homeless and didn't have anywhere to go in like California who like just from a fucking cheap phone in uh, McDonald's just went on Wall Street bets and like started trading and like ended up not homeless. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it, exactly. There that, is that that's side on, too. on the end of the spectrum of like, well, I don't have anything left to lose. Might right. as well start betting. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And there's a lot of people would be pearl clutching about that. And you should be saving it. It's like, yeah. no, no, you shouldn't. Like, and then there's other people who are like, well... I actually have a lot to lose. Yeah. <laughs> I can afford to lose stuff. I I can afford to bet and be a gambling man. Or I actually have a lot to lose. Yeah. What if putting that on the line would make me feel something? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's a lot of it too. For sure. Yeah. Now, I'm only really telling stories of losses because it's funnier than victories. But of course there are victories. There are obviously victories. More losses though. Or at least that's the ones that get talked about. But Control the Narrative paved the way for another infinite money cowboy, Irony Man. Mm. And honestly, Irony Man's story is too complex to really get into. But basically, because of the infinite money cheat code and because Robin Hood is commission-free, Irony used $5,000 to open a $200,000 position that he believed was risk-free. Mm-hmm. He believed that he could not lose on this. Not because the market would go in any direction, but because it was an arbitrage play. What that means, arbitrage means finding a inefficiency in how two things are priced. And if you can find a legitimate arbitrage play, it is literally risk-free. He thought that since Robinhood is commission-free, you know, that opened an opportunity, whereas previously, because of commissions, it wouldn't be available. Another peculiarity to Robinhood is what he was banking on, right? Uh-huh. He was wrong. It could have been, right? It might have been. Maybe it should have been. He's quoted as saying, quote, it literally cannot go tits up, which has now become another mm-hmm. piece of slang. However, Robin Hood realized what was happening and closed his positions in a way that put him $50,000 into debt with Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They basically, you know how options have to do with calling and putting things on people? Uh-huh. Sometimes... That gets exercised. Mm-hmm. And then, oh shit, you have a couple hundred shares, you better pay for it. Shit like that. Or, oh shit, you owe someone this many shares. Mm-hmm. You better fucking pay for it. There's the risk. Robin Hood exercised them on him. Exercised these options. Put him $50,000 into debt with Robin Hood. Now, Robin Hood closed the infinite money cheat code after that and stopped allowing box spreads, which was the strategy Irony Man used. Yet... Irony Man was able to withdraw 10K before they did this. <laughs> and because Robin Hood is run by a bunch of coke-fueled chimpanzees, the way they closed his positions was kind of illegal, so he ended up not on the hook. The lad made $5,000 in profit by losing $200,000. Attaboy. <laughs> God. <laughs> and at that point, it's like that money was so abstract, and it was just in that account, like not even able to really be used or anything. Like... It's it's almost like like sure he lost it, but what did he even really lose? He just lost like a number on a web page. If Robin Hood hadn't panicked 
Mm-hmm. Well, I, no, there is he shit lost there. the possibility. There is also shit there. Like shares do exist. Mm-hmm. There is a maximum amount of shares for a stock. So at the end of the day, like there there is a bill. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like someone owes some someone something. Mm-hmm. Right. That's an actual thing. But the abstraction on the phone screen does really take that away. Yeah. But there is a fucking thing. Um, if Robin Hood hadn't panicked and had actually done it the right way, he probably would have been in the hole. You know? Yeah. Now, okay. Yeah, so It's kind of lucky for him that they didn't. Incredibly lucky. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. Y'all might be thinking, sure, this is funny. Sure, people are dumb. Sure, dumb shit happens on the internet and nihilism is funny. We all know. Why is this nonsense bizarre material? What's the point? What's the, what's the, <laughs> listen here, pip squeak. Here's the thing. I spent the first few fucking years of COVID straight up, straight up obsessed with finance and trading. And, I, and the biggest thing I learned is that our entire economy is Wall Street bets all the way down. Yeah. It's highly regarded. All the way down. It's like when we did the circus and we saw that that yeah. was just like a representation of the macrocosm. Uh-huh. It was like, oh, that just reflects everything else that was going on at the grander Yeah. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. Thing. See, the thing is that like the people who control the markets and shit doing all the smart fuck. Oh, I don't understand all that finance, all that stock shit. Yeah. That's on purpose that you don't understand that. Right. The term it's intentionally obfuscated. It's a country club. Oh, yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Sure. The math of options and all that shit. Yeah, it is. But these aren't fucking wizards. Right. These aren't like people with some holy tome and shit. Mostly just bros. Yeah. Right. Mostly just people who spend all day on Wall Street bets. Mm -hmm. So back in the early days of COVID, when I saw on the news that everything was fucked and the markets were crashing, I was like, all right, I should I should try to make some money on this. Oh, the markets are crashing. I can finally afford some stocks. My first thought was like, (laughs) I've seen the big short, you know, (laughs) which was a lot of people's first thought. I had been on there before, but my, you know, I was more into crypto than stocks Mm -hmm. previously. But I'd check in on Wall Street Bets and get an old chuckle. But I was like, I should I should try that options thing. So I went back on old Wall Street Bets. Bought me first options, puts on General Electric, turned 100 into 1,000 because the first one literally is always free. Didn't sell, zeroed out. I was hooked. Oh, yes. Because you could have had it all. Yeah. I was like, wow, that was fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Five minutes, fucking 10x. Mm-hmm. It was on one of the days of the big crash. And it, if you recall, all those first fucking six months of COVID, mm-hmm. it was pretty eventful. Yes. Between plague and civil unrest and all that shit. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. And throughout all of it, the fucking daily discussion thread on goddamn Wall Street Bets was the single fastest and most reliable place for news there was. Why? Because fuck your opinions and biases when there's money on the line. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, line goes up or line goes down, and that's just the facts. At the end of the day, need money to survive. Yeah. And, like, there was there's a dude who, like, really thought the Q thing was going to happen. Oh, and he like Bruh. had a bunch of money because I think he had a business or something. And he like bet everything on this re- big reveal of fucking, you know, a child abuse in the tunnels under Disney and shit. So he bought a bunch of fucking puts against Disney and you'd never fuck with the mouse. Ugh. And he like bet on anything that had a cue in it and shit. <laughs> and he had a date. <laughs> you know, he fucking lost everything. And people were telling him how dumb he was the entire time. Yeah, because you can't you can't tell someone otherwise. You can't reason with that level of madness yeah he's just gonna do what he's gonna do he's gonna do what he's gonna do he's gotta learn from it and if you like really believed in donald trump and you thought his truth social fucking thing was gonna be a big hit and shit you're wrong like you still you lost you got kicked in the teeth yep and that's just the facts you know at the end of the day 
they're, it's highly manipulated for sure, but it's the same reason that the Wall Street Journal is rated as the most objective news source of all the newspapers and news sources. Yeah. Their editorials are slanted to the right, but their reporting was rated as the most neutral. Wall Street Journal, then The Economist and NPR, and I forget which of those was second and third place, but it was pretty close. When there's money on the line, everything is a fucking event, right? That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Every Trump press conference, every fucking talk by the most exciting man in the world, our actual dear leader, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, it all mattered. And it mattered what was being said and what was behind being said, right? Yeah. So like I took a screenshot of um, a congressional hearing that Jerome Powell gave the other day, right? And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to show you my phone and ask you to just like read the um, YouTube chat on this. Uh, just like, just like read out loud the, uh, the chat on here. Okay. And then I'm going to show you what they're cheering for. Don't need, don't read don't need to read the names or anything. Just give us a sense, an excited sense of what's going on there. Okay. 100 times long Bitcoin now. Happy holy guys. Happy holy guys. Happy holy guys. Sell Timming. Watching the Hawks. Buy Bitcoin now. Daddy, please don't crash the market. 0.75. Big Bear. Powell is here. Papa Powell, please helicopter cash the American <laughs> people. Rest in peace, market. PE Holdings, these guys... Those guys raise your hand. Sell everything now. Sell everything now. He's pumping the market. Buy now. Beef prices gonna go up. <laughs> Stock up now. And the daily discussion thread on Wall Street Bets was, you know, they're like commenting on this shit like it's a football game, right? Here's what it sounded mm-hmm. like. Yes, FOMC meeting. From a broader perspective, inflation has moderated somewhat since the middle of last year, but remains well above the FOMC's longer-run objective of 2%. The 12-month change in total PCE inflation uh, has slowed from its peak of 7% in June to 5.4% in January as energy prices... Most exciting thing in the fucking world. Yeah, thrilling. If there's money on the line, it is. And but that's an interesting thing, right? When there are stakes, it makes this boring data driven shit a lot more interesting. Right. Well, because there's things at stake now. Yeah. Personal stakes. The whole economy is Wall Street bets. And the second day I was on there, this hedge fund sleazebag named Bill Ackman, he's on CNBC and he's talking about how serious the virus is and how everything's fucked and we need to shut everything down right now. Like, yeah, sure. Then this piece of shit starts fucking crying on air. <laughs> talking about how hell is coming and shit and all this stuff. One of the richest men in America, one of the most successful hedge fund managers. Did he grow a heart? Was he being no, he's serious? Scared he's going to lose money. I don't, I don't know. But what we do know is that this dude placed a monstrous bet against the market before he did that little stunt, then bought the bottom, netting himself a cool $2.5 billion in profit. It's mm. billion with a B. Fucking snake. Yeah. It's been described as the greatest trade in all of history. Mm-hmm. Fucking snake. Very. Yeah. Snake-like. Yeah. While the market was crashing, Trump gave a press conference. It was supposed to be about, you know, COVID, right? This fucking, supposed to be. This fucking guy, dude. He trots out like 15 CEOs of the biggest companies to each one by one explain to the people why business is going to be fine. As soon as the first one started talking, the goddamn market hit bottomed like... The president literally pumped the fucking market with 15 CEOs. Yeah. It gives the sense of, I don't know, what is it? Terror? 
Unease. It's a type of unease. Well, it makes you realize like the artificiality of everything. Yeah, of everything. Yeah. Yeah. It just puts it really front and center. And then it puts the fucking maniacs on Wall Street bets as a little like, oh, this is the honest place. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you turn it into this fucking adrenaline-fueled madness where fortunes are made and lost. But like I said earlier with the bucket shops, it's literally always been like this. Yep. So yeah, this is from a 2009 little documentary. It's it's pretty interesting if you're at all interested, called Floored. It's like an hour long. But it's these um, floor traders in Chicago before mm-hmm. the internet trading took off and shit. And they're, they're on the floor with the paper and stuff. It's, pretty, it's a pretty fucking sad documentary. It may not go against you fast at first, so... You'll take a, you know, a little heat, you know, because it'll go against you a little bit. And then all of a sudden, it goes a little more <laughs> and a little more. And you kind of get like in a, it feels like a hypnotism sort of thing where you get caught in this downward spiral. You know it's a loser. You've confirmed that it's a loser. Just sitting there looking at the prices go further and further against you. And it, and it just feels like almost like sometimes you can't get out. And say you're down like $12,000. You're like, I should walk out of here. I should realize, you know, I'm past my limit and walk out of here. What's the next thing you do? You're like, well, what the hell? Just, you know, I'll buy a couple more. And then wham, it goes again. And the thing that goes through your head is like, all right, how much am I losing right now? There goes a car, there goes a house. It's like someone hitting you in the balls, never ending. It's like wham, wham. It's like, okay. Nobody can get you down the amount of money that you're gonna be down the day. Only you can do that. And it's funny when you see something happen to somebody else. It's very, very public. And so those guys that saw you lose money will probably, you know, twist that knife in your side and say, boy, they looked pretty good an hour ago, didn't they, Pete? (laughs) That's a vindictive crowd. It really is. There's a joke that we always used to say when you go on the floor, you've got the, uh, the scan card. You've got to scan your way in. Well, if you scan it and you look down and the light's red, the guy behind you is like, ooh. Bad day yesterday, or how are you looking there? You're like, oh no, it's good. You're like, come on, come on. And it goes green, you're like, all right, yes. They're alive for another day. There were a lot of times when the markets got very volatile that you wouldn't see a guy the next day. And you knew he lost what he could lose. Yeah, those are like, they do that as a job back in 2009, just go into the, the trading floor every day. Same thing, same exact thing. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so, yeah, it is on them, but there is this, it is like a God, right? Like it is like a current of some dark fucking magic. Like it can fucking burn your ass. Yeah. That's why I just don't do it. <coughs> like, do you not, I hope our audience is old enough and wise enough to know I'm not endorsing any of this. Mm-hmm. Describing it as a character flaw. Right. <laughs> I, that line about, it's funny when it happens to someone else. It has to be. Grabbed me because like, why? It is. It is. Other people's misfortunes, especially when they're done so like, you know. Um, It needs, it's laughing so you're not crying shit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, th- I think the ribbing is an act of mercy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's malice. I don't think it's psychopathy. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's camaraderie in this like, uh, I fuck, I feel like there's a, a way to just, they all know they're going down someday. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And that part's dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Floor traders like, that shit gets dark. 
A lot yeah. of it gets dark. Sounds like it. Yeah. And that, those dudes are in suits and ties. They got the bad ponytails and shit. They're a respectable crowd. Mm-hmm. Same shit. But you know, you lose everything, right? All you need, though, is a little objectivity, a little self-examination, and a little luck. Yeah. Take the story of Masayoshi-san, head of Japan's uh, soft bank and vision fund. Soft if he is the second richest person in uh, Japan. So this is from Wikipedia. This fucking guy, dude. He's made many investments, but the vast majority of those deals failed, and his reputation as an investor rests almost solely on his $20 million investment in Alibaba in 2000, a, stroke, a, a stake that was worth $130 billion in 2018 for his fund. He, didn't, he doesn't have $130 <clears throat> He's a controversial figure. Sun has been called a gambler, marked by some specialized media, and dubbed the worst investor ever. <laughs> As of December 2022, Sun ranks 67th on the Forbes list of the world's billionaires, despite having had for many years the distinction of being the person who had lost the most money in history. Interesting. He was making, it was back in the dot-com era, uh, the dot-com bubble and shit, the dot-com crash and all that. He was making around $10 billion a week, mm-hmm. and then lost 99% of his wealth, and like $70 billion of that in one day during the dot-com crash. That's a high unlike any other, I'm sure. When asked about how he felt when the shit went down, he said he felt alive. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Atta boy. And then he built it back. Ooh. He got a little loan, a little objectivity, built it back. He's a billionaire again. Yeah. I'm not sure he had some help, but also some degenerate gambling as well. How about Bill Wang? Or oh, wow. Wang. Bill Wang is a now criminally charged former billionaire. Uh, this is from Bloomberg. Starting in 2013... Actually, would you like to read this? Yeah, I'll read it. Yeah. <clears throat> Starting in 2013, he parlayed more than $200 million left over from his shuttered hedge fund into a mind-boggling fortune by betting on stocks. Had he folded his hand in early March and cashed in, Huang, 57, would have stood out among the world's billionaires. There are richer men and women, of course, but their money is mostly tied up in businesses, real estate, complex investments, sports teams, and artwork. Huang's $20 billion net worth was almost as liquid as a government stimulus check. And then, in two short days, it was gone. Yeah, like, when you when someone says they're, mm. they're a billionaire, like they have billions of dollars and shit, even millions. Yeah. It doesn't mean they have that in cash. That means they have, like, assets and shit. Right. They can't just start spending $20 billion. Right. Well, Billy Boy, though, he, he could just he could. run up a $20 billion fucking bar tab. It's fine. <laughs> and Bill Huang, like most degenerates, like most fucking degenerates, he had God on his side, <laughs> quite literally in his mind. He truly thought that God was helping him gamble and he could do no wrong. And was he right? Well, his company, his quote, quote, company. Well, I guess he wasn't right. His, he, was, he was right for a while. Uh, his quote, quote, company, Archegos Capital, traded in derivatives called swaps, which allowed for his ass to not be listed in public filings while betting with extreme, and I wrote extreme with a capital X, leverage. Mm. Extreme leverage. So- on Friday, March 26th, when investors around uh, investors around the world learned that a company called Archegos had defaulted on loans used to build a staggering $100 billion portfolio, the first question they had was, who the fuck is Bill Huang? <laughs> Naturally. They had never heard of Archegos Capital. They had never heard of Bill Huang. <laughs> and because he, because he was using fucking borrowed money and levering up his bets fivefold, Huang's collapse left a trail of destruction. 
Banks dumped his holdings and fucking dumped stock prices. Credit Suisse Group, uh, which is one of Huang's lenders, lost $4.7 billion. Several top executives, including the head of investment banking, were forced out and shit. Nomura Holdings Incorporated lost $2 billion. Like, Damn, just, it really fucked a lot of shit up for a lot of people, basically. Yes, yes. Yeah. Why don't you read the next paragraph? Huang is anything but the larger-than-life figure one might expect at the center of a financial fiasco. There's no penthouse overlooking Manhattan Central Park, no hillside chalet at the Yellowstone Club, no private jets. I grew up in a pastor's family. We were poor, he says in a video recorded at New Jersey's Metro Community Church in 2019. I confess to you, I could not live very poorly, but I live a few notches below where I could live. Now, Bloomberg, you say you say this man is not is not the larger than life figure one might expect at the center <laughs> of a financial fiasco because... Because the article continues. I grew uh, up in a pastor's family. Willow, why don't, why don't you continue? Okay. To anyone who asked, Huang liked to say he divided his time evenly among three passions, his family, his business, and his charity, the Grace and Mercy Foundation. I try to invest according to the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, Huang said in a 2019 video for his foundation. In a way, it's fearless. It's a fearless way to invest. I am not afraid of death or money. Fucking out of boy, Bill. Out of goddamn boy. Wow. <laughs> now, this is interesting here because Bloomberg, the respectable ass paper, oh, mm, yes, finance, yes, yes. They don't see this as larger than life. Uh huh. Right? They see him as a fucking good Christian boy. <laughs> but to Wall Street bets, they recognize man, this man for what he was one of their own. <laughs> Straight up. This man's crazy. Way too much borrowed money. Check. No sense of risk management to speak of. Check. Criminal charges, check. Magical thinking, check. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> this man accrued a $100 billion position in derivatives. Options, essentially, but not options, but the derivatives. Derivatives, when they're on their own, are not investing. That yeah. is straight up gambling. Uh-huh. They expire. That is gambling. That is gambling with $70 billion of other oh. people's money, oh. and they don't know you're doing it. Bill. And that's just some dude who's just at the church all the time and has his foundation. God told me to do it. I don't know what to tell you, okay? It wasn't me. It was God. Yeah. If you have a problem, take it up with the big man. It is straight up highly regarded gambling, thinking that Jesus will protect you and make you a big winner. And I've asked, you know, and he, Jesus doesn't help the gambler. No. He doesn't like it. But to old Bloomberg, he's just a good Christian boy who did an oopsie, which shows something. Wall Street can't fucking look itself in the mirror like Wall Street Bets does. Wall Street Bets knows what it is. Yes. there's an They know un- they're degenerates. Yeah. There's an unsurpassed honesty to the openly scum fuck side of trading. The same way, Crowley is like the only spiritual guru you can trust because he tells you about the heinous gross shit. He tells you about the diarrhea and shit. You know what he is. Yep. Just like Crowley, the established order will vilify it. Which brings us to the showdown. Now, I'm not going to tell the whole story. It's a whole thing and it's been done to death. But at the start of the pandemic, the amount of people who subscribed to Wall Street Bets was half a million. Big, but not that big for Reddit. As of now, there are 13 million subs. Yet the daily threads are less active now than they were three years ago. Why? why what, what's going on here? You all know why. GameStop. <laughs> I was going to do a whole episode on this. I may still one day, you know, it, and it's going to be called... Um, <laughs> Emergent millinery eschatology in financial markets. <laughs> that's what it turned into. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, you know, if I see that in my feed, I'm totally thinking, mm-hmm, that lo- that's fascinating. Yeah. Because that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um. My God. No one's coming to save you guys. Like, 
Jesus Christ, it's been stupid for a very long time now. But the long and short of it is there's an already failing company, a retail store that sells video games. In a time when video games are going all digital download, right? Then a pandemic hits that fucks up retail business, something ferocious. Betting against GameStop's the easiest move in the history of the world. It's so smart, it's stupid. Short selling is when you borrow shares to sell, with the promise and expectation you will return those shares someday, hopefully by buying them at a lower price than what you sold. That's where the profit is. Now, there are only so many shares available for a company, but hey, it's not paper shares anymore, and like, I mean, come on. Everybody knows that GameStop's going to go bankrupt, so like, and this is the big boys talking amongst themselves now, we can just like short sell shares that don't exist, right? Just a little bit? Just, just, just a couple. We can just sell a couple. Yeah. Oh, shit, we're making bank. Let's keep going. Uh. <laughs> and they did. They shorted a whole fuck ton of shares that don't exist. <clears throat> the primary villain was Melvin Capital, owned by a company called Citadel, which also coincidentally uh, had a big old stake in Robin Hood. And there was a feller who went by the name of Deep Fucking Value, a.k.a. the Roaring Kitty on YouTube, and Keith Gill when his ass had to testify to Congress because how dare he get paid off the big boy's fuck-ups. Mm. Old Deep Fucking Value re- realized these shenanigans and he started buying a fuck ton of super long dated GameStop calls and shares. And he held and he held and the few people who believed in the short squeeze when the people with short positions have to scramble to get those shares back mm-hmm. and it causes them to outbid each other and outbid each other. The theory behind the eschatology is that if we hold all the shares and they shorted shares that don't exist, it should be an infinite money cheat code. Yeah. Right. It wasn't ever going to work like that. Because, you know, and the people who weren't in on that made fun of these people because it seemed like a real pie in the sky, like fucking corkboard ass way of making a trade. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is infinite money cheat codes don't work out well. But then a bunch of shit happened that doesn't matter for our purposes. And all of a sudden, GameStop might have a future. And then it happened. The shit hit the fan. Wall Street Bets got shut the fuck down from Reddit. It was this whole fucking thing. The great Wall Street Bets Discord diaspora happened. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, the whole fucking world knew about the scumbags in Wall Street Bets. Yep. And everyone was going to get rich. And everyone who sold early did. Robin Hood, being in the pockets of the big boys, started restricting buying of GameStop. Other brokerages did there too. It was a whole thing. I'm not going into it. You all remember. But it became a, quote, movement outside of Wall Street Bets. And all these fucking people bought up GameStop and flooded Wall Street Bets, thinking they were striking back at hedge funds for the little guys. And yes, yeah, some hedge funds got hurt, but more of them made more than retail ever did. Uh-huh. All while CNBC and Bloomberg is blaming all the coming financial problems on the stupid poors who don't know how to play their game, right? But also, fuck all that. You had people going into Wall Street bets scared of options, worried about being 20% down, trying to tell these people not to ruin their lives when they posted about a stupid fucking play. Get the fuck out of here. You have no reason, you have no idea why we're all actually here. Yeah. You don't understand what this is. See, the reason here's the reason people ended up at Wall Street bets before the pandemic. And it's the same reason people ended up at the hedge funds and on the trading floors and shit. The heroes and villains are never that different. The reason for all the gambling, the maximum risk, the reckless abandon is simple. We hate ourselves. <laughs> but at least we're kind of honest about it. Yeah. And I'll bet dollars to donuts that the manager of your retirement fund spends half his day shit posting on Wall Street bets. So yeah, God. we're fucked. But isn't it kind of nice to know for sure? Beautiful. Yeah. Do you want to know what this makes me think of? What does it make you think of? So I was a big Neopets player. Yeah. And Neopets, at one point, I think they still do, but it stopped in 2001. They still have their own functional economy, but at one point they had their own Neodac. 
the Neo Dash. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Neopets stock market. And it was a fully functional stock market. Yes. Yes. It's been used to like um, test trading apps and shit. And, uh, yeah. Versus- Neopets just like as a coding thing, like the, the relationship between the users and the developers was very interesting because the users kept figuring out ways to sort of cheat the systems, to figure out how to like double money, how to infinite cheat code, how to like how to fuck shit up. And yeah. then the developers would be like, OK, this is a new challenge for us. We need to yeah, yeah, yeah. stop this from happening. But basically, users on Neopets figured out how to game the stock market in their guilds because they had guilds on Neopets where you could be part of these like, you know, little groups and and talk within your group. And these people were sort of, they were gaming the system. They were figuring out how to influence the Neodac, the stock market. And eventually, like, the developers had to shut that shit down and just decide to randomize it. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were like, we can't have this. But um, I just want people to know, because for some reason, and this is this has to do with capitalism, I'm sure I feel prideful about the fact that I have a Neopets account sitting somewhere that has eight million Neo points in it. That's nothing to do with capitalism. That's to do with the fact that points are fun. Points are fun. Yeah. I collected a lot of those. But you can collect interest. We- I was very like, it's interesting how I used Neopets basically like. To learn how to collect money and manage money responsibly. Don't go on Wall Street bets. No, but like, isn't that so interesting how Neopets could be used in that way? But what else is interesting? Neopets has gambling. Yeah. You can bet on races. You can do lotteries. You can do all sorts of shit. You can go to the wishing well. You can spend your Neo points on all sorts of dumb shit. You can also set up a shop and sell things. Yeah. Like you can use Neopets in so many different ways. But what it really is, is an economy. Yeah. Which is so fascinating. Yeah. That like a bunch of kids are primed and you can use HTML to like code your profile. It was really like a functional playground of useful real world skills in a way. I mean, we're we're running long, but I I wanted how well this does tie into uh, the three of three of discs. So like when I compare finance and shit to magic and the the occult and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. it's it's anyone knows like the high. I just want to throw this in there. Neopets made by Scientologists. Holy shit. It's like, I don't know. The market and money and shit is an organic thing. It's an, or it's an emergent thing, right? It wasn't crafted and handed down. Mm-hmm. It's an emergent <clears throat> thing. The thing, a, a lot of, I'll say currency, finance and shit. I don't necessarily want to just uh, limit it to capitalism because it could refer to mercantilism or socialism, all this shit. Maybe what you colloquially think of as capitalism. But that's emergent. Currency is emergent yep. of human culture. It's a way to abstract value, value, work, time, yep. right? Collaboration. If you're in a barter economy, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be fucking, uh, you're never going to get paid to be a musician. You know what I mean? You're like, you're not, you, you have to abstract things in order to make more complex things, viable ways to spend your time. Yep. Right. And money is a way to do that. So is symbols. <clears throat> Right. These are when you're working with like correspondences and a magical operation and shit, you're working with emergent compression techniques to ways to compress ideas, to simplify things, to use something to represent something else. Right. Yeah. Money is the exact same way. Financial derivatives, stocks, 
derivatives on stocks, right? It's all emergent. And then the rules and shit are set up to try to contain this emergent thing. Mm -hmm. And that's fucking fascinating to me. It feels like a wild animal that you're trying to literally is that's exactly what what that is also just what the law in general yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah and it's like uh, the money is the root of all evil right is that saying no that's a saying invented (laughs) by people doing the actual evil yes money is just a force of human existence a force of human nature it's abstraction Mm -hmm. the whole system the whole god of the market is this three of discs ass collaborative effort Yep. Between all these minds, all these people, the Wall Wall Street bets and Wall Street were never competing against each other in the GameStop thing because they are each other. It was never the little guys versus the big. It, really, at the end of the day, it was just some fucking shit that happened. This emergent fucking madness, and the people close to it, like getting burned by this nuclear reactor that all this energy is getting fucking fed into and shit. It's fucking wild. Yep. And it is this. On the three of discs in the Thoth deck, you've got, you know, three suns on the points of a pyramid and you're looking down on it, right? Uh-huh. Those suns, like, to me, are like a human soul. And mm-hmm. when you get multiple human souls in a pyramid, it fucking creates a gestalt. And the market is another gestalt of, of humanity. Yeah. Right? And it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got. Loved it. It's late. It is. My cat's meowing and yeah. meowing. All right. Well, that's all I got. Yeah, no, I needed just a week to bullshit. So that's what you got. Yep. Well, folks. Yeah. If you like what we do. Please find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, no, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Please do give us a five-star rating. That would be very excellent on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you use. We would love that. We would. And if you want to support the show and give back, uh, join us on Patreon, $5 a month to get access to bonus episodes and our patron exclusive Discord. And it's a lot of fun and you should do it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Love you guys. Take care.